Home Sweet Home Chicago. Greg Kaplan, Kaplan Law Firm. How come yeah. you introduce Stephen as Attorney Stephen Leahy, but Ray Kaplan, just Ray Kaplan? Attorney Ray Kaplan. I think we have an issue here. Ray Kaplan, the student loan assassin, because I figured that the student loan assassin carries more weight than attorney. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Student loan assassin's better, but okay, she wants attorney. Now, here's David Hochberg and Home Sweet Home Chicago. 312-981-7200. You have to tell the story, Ray. I ran into Ray in the hallway when I got here, all sweaty and everything. And Ray's like, oh, God, so happy I'm here. She's like, I just rolled out of bed, you know, as if she's going for a centerfold cover shot here. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. I just threw out some, I threw out some eyeliner. I couldn't believe I'm glad I'm here. I'm like, you, you look better if we, than... If, if we could all throw yeah, ourselves yeah. together that way. Well, I'm going to start wearing eyeliner. If I'm... <laughs> Three one two nine eight one. As I, you know, the the good Jeremy was sitting there. He's like, you already do. So that's a whole another story. You got to be a little quicker. You're going to sit in that seat there. Nah, I'm right? trying. I'm not a hogo, but three, I'll do my best. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. Mega Pro's call, text, and photo line. So over four point five on the current plan. You also said you saved over five million right on disability right for our listeners who have disabilities. Listen to this, Sarah Leonard, because yes. you work with a lot of buyers and sellers who have disabilities and have student loan because they signed for their kids or their grandkids or their nieces and nephews. Listen to this. How much have you gotten wiped out for those listeners with disabilities? I know it's over $5 million. Um, We're still calculating the numbers because those letters are coming in every day. So that's a statute that is not changing, um, shouldn't be changing any time. But generally speaking, because people worry about changes to the law, usually when they make changes to the law, usually it's more beneficial to the borrower. So you really don't have to worry that it's going to be you know, less generous, at least not in the last 15 years or right. so. So what typically qualifies as a disability? Well, under the statute for federal student loans, the number one thing is, so the premise um, behind that part of the law is that you can't work. So if you can't work, you shouldn't be expected to pay back your federal student loans. So the main thing is, is that you're retired, right? For whatever reason. So you're retired. And if you can have um, a medical doctor sign the application stating that you have some sort of medical illness or ailment that in their opinion means that you can't go back to work, meaning even um, arthritis, um, diabetes, MS. Um, We've had even some for anxiety and depression. Um, As long as you can have a medical doctor sign the application, then we can have the entire balance of the loans forgiven and it's a tax-free forgiveness. Is it full-time work, part-time work, partial? I mean, what is the definition of you can't work. I mean, it, any work. So you so you can't work at all. That's right. So you, you could win be, the lottery. Okay. You could have you could be a multimillionaire, but you just can't work. Um, so it doesn't. It basically, a lot of it depends on the doctor and what the doctor views as an illness or ailment that means that means that you can't work. But for the most part, you know, if you're in your 60s and 70s and you have, say, one of our clients had really bad glaucoma. Um, and she was in her 70s, retired. She had about 150000 in federal parent plus loans. And her doctor signed the application, and we were able to get the loans forgiven. Wow. Mm-hmm. Game wow. changer. Right, because she really couldn't go back to work. She was 70% of her vision was gone because of glaucoma. So, um, But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll analyze it and see, is this um, a possibility? <clears throat> and it might not be a possibility right now, but it might be a possibility in four or five years. So then we get you in the lowest payment plan that you're available, that's available to you, and then get the loans forgiven when it's appropriate. The, the point I want, I want to stress is, is that the disability can be anything. 
Right. Right. It just it doesn't have to be loss of a leg. You know, you're like like my mother had MS, which I've talked about repeatedly. She can't right. walk. You know, you, if if you're a machinist, okay, or you're a truck driver, or you're working on a you know some type of factory job, and you have glaucoma, guess what? Right. You're not going to be able to work. Exactly. I mean, that impinges the safety of yourself and those around you. Right. You're not going to put somebody with glaucoma in a truck seat and say, "Hey, Tommy, Sally, go." Take this eighteen wheeler over to Jewel and and and, and unload the crackers. Right, it's not going to happen. Exactly. So yeah, the that statute is a bit more flexible than people think. Um, also, if the VA has sent you a letter stating that you're not able to work, you're you have a, a service connected disability. Right. That's like eighty or ninety percent. Then the loans will be forgiven on that basis as Pulse well. Stopped right there. What? Yeah. So if you have a service connected disability and you're a veteran, right. You will get your student loans wiped out. Yes. Above above 80%. You got to check 80%, that. 80%. I have to check it, but I think it's 80%. Maybe it's 90. Got to okay. look. Okay. That's yeah. and there's no partial di- nope. disability waiver. Nope, the whole thing is wiped out. No, I'm saying free. if you if you have a partial disability, you can't get a partial No. Okay, so it's either full disability 100% stop work stoppage. What, hello, breaking right. news. I didn't know that. Right. And um, it used to be that there was a three-year um, period where we would have to submit documentation that that person had not resumed employment. But um, they're getting rid of that three-year requirement. Clawback. So, okay. yeah. So, we don't even have to worry about that three-year um, period where you can't resume employment. Although, most of these people are not resuming employment anyway. Sure. Um, but it's just a way where if people miss that, then the loans would be reinstated. So, all of these things, there are landmines, and that's where we come in to make sure, just to guide you and make sure that you're current and in compliance with the statute. Now, we're going to take a break, come back, talk about the other you know, we kind of jumped on this with the disability because I wanted to cover it, but you, you also have the income portion that we want to dive a little deeper. An 847, Mr. Positive, or, you know, <laughs> you know, Mrs. Positive over here. Good luck getting 80% from the VA. Listen, Spartacus, I work with, with uh, wounded veterans all the time. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. I just talked to a guy who was in Nam. He's 100% service-connected disabled, can't work. He's getting he's getting three, four Gs a month from, from the VA, right. and he's getting 1,000 from Social Security. Does he have federal loans? Uh, no, my way. He, okay. he doesn't have any federal loans. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Debbie, you know, Doug Downer over here, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Head over to Sarah's mother's house and have a mimosa or something. <laughs> I'm or margarita, that, baby. That's one of the biggest things we run into is that people usually assume, oh, I hear you on the radio, but I'm, I'll bet you there's nothing you can do for me. But I just thought that maybe I would check just to be on the safe side. And 90% of the time, there is something we can do yeah, for you. $150,000 for give later. Yeah, I'm glad you called. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with more of uh, Ray Kaplan from the Kaplan Law Firm on Home Scene Home Chicago. You had, yeah, not bad for you. Yeah, not bad. I, I was waiting. <laughs> 312-981-7200 is Megapro's call, text, and photo line. This is Home Sweet Home Chicago on 720 WGM. Now, here's David Hochberg and Home Sweet Home Chicago. 312-981-7200, Megapro's call, text, and photo line. Go to WGNDavid.com for all of our contact information and to download podcasts of our show. You want to read the text question to Ray that came in during the first uh, segment of the show there, Frank? Yep, Ray, you were talking about um, the program that's coming out where prices can get cut cut in half yes, you know, for people. Yes, the new IDR. And then we had, an eight from 847, Ray, sounds good to qualify for lower student loan payments.
payments. However, doesn't that just stretch out the length of the loan and number of payments, which can end up in paying more in interest over the long term? That's a great question, and I understand why everybody would assume that, but the answer is no. It does not result in stretching your payments out over a longer period of time. In fact, the way they've changed the rules is that So we get a ton of people who are always telling us, look, we've had these loans since the 90s and the early 2000s. I've been paying on them forever. My balance isn't going down. When we do a federal consolidation now, we're able to get you credit that you normally wouldn't get towards forgiveness of the loan. So all federal student loans are forgiven eventually by operation of statute. Normally, it's 20 years for undergrad loans, 25 years for graduate student loans or parent plus loans. Under this new rule change, we'll be able to do a federal consolidation, enroll you in that new lower payment plan that will cut your payment in half and give you a 100% interest subsidy. So essentially, there will be a 0% interest You'll be in a 0% interest loan as long as you're in this new payment plan, and you'll be that much closer to forgiveness. So if you've already been paying on those loans for years and years, those years will still count towards getting your loans forgiven. So it's really a fantastic plan. 630, can Ray help with private student loans? Yes, we can. There are different options, though. Federal loans are apples, private loans are oranges, and private student loans, we've got to go basically by the four corners of the contract. So whatever's in the contract, if you've defaulted on those loans, though, we can negotiate a reduced balance settlement, oftentimes resulting in maybe a 30% of the principal plus interest settlement in full. We just had one that was 160000 settle for a $40,000 lump sum payment. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. So the huge savings in terms of settling on those private loans. If you've got the forty grand laying around. Well, they also will do stretched out structured settlements. So maybe you come up with 10 grand and then the balance of that 30 grand is paid over three or four years. I'll take that too. Yeah. For Ray, and then now everybody's spelling your name right. Oh. <laughs> um, is it still recommended to take a parent plus loan in the name of the lower earning parents, even when filing joint tax returns? And that's a question when I asked you during the break, I know I could play, I could play poker with Sarah Leonard at any time because I found that that look on her face, like I did, I can't believe that, right? So when she's got four aces, I know to go, I know to fold because I saw that It'll look. Show at, up. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, I didn't know that. Okay, parent plus taking out in the lower borrower's name. Yes, there are other things to consider. So if one parent is working in the. Um, public sector. We want to take a look at that because then that would mean instead of having to pay for 25 years, you're going to only pay for 10 years and then get the balance forgiven. So, But in general, I would say the lower earning income parent should be the parent plus borrower in terms of taking out parent plus loans because we can calculate the payment on the borrower's income, not on both people's income. Okay. We have two more, and then we're probably going to hit a break, and then we'll hold your income-based um, topic for later in the show sure. because all this is great information. Hello, Ray, R-A-E. Oh. So nice job, 815. <laughs> My future son-in-law is about to graduate as a urologist. Oh, wow. Which we all need urologists, especially guys with prostate. Yes, you know, we Frank, do. You right? Know, 50, you hit 50, and that you urologist go, is you your go, best hello. friend. Hello. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> yep. I get My guy It's a good friend of mine, Dr. Mike McGuire. I go in for a check, then we go get steaks. Nice. <laughs> That's awkward. You well, buy him no, flowers, too? No, he washes his hands and we go to steaks. Uh, he will start his practice in July. Okay. okay so we got five months to go. Can he start the federal loan forgiveness process yet? Because he hasn't graduated yet. Okay. okay. Uh, or does he need to work in his position first? So does he need to be employed, or can he get a jump start on it? 
So for public service loan forgiveness, he has to be working full time at a not for profit entity. So one of the big hospitals. So in Illinois, that's you know um, Advocate Ascension Lutheran. Yeah, uh, Lutheran well, Northwestern. Part of Advocate, right. right. Um, Northwestern University of Chicago, pretty much all the big ones, they are not-for-profit entities. If you're in private practice, though, you're not going to be eligible for public service loan forgiveness. So that's something, that's why we do a lot of pre-debt planning, especially for students who are thinking about going into healthcare. We want to make sure that they're planning on probably spending 10 years working at a not-for-profit entity at least to get, I mean, we just had a doctor's federal student loans forgiven under that PSLF statute. It's over $300,000 in loans forgiven. So it really makes sense to think about working for 10 years at a, one of these big hospitals and then go into private practice. And have that alcohol stuff, you know, that uh, the pump thing that we used to have, the alcohol wash. The hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. And readily available whenever your son-in-law comes over. <laughs> um, and then here, a comment. Then we got to hit a break. Ready, Benny? Okay. 815, you knew we were going to get one of these. And, and I agree with this. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay? Um, what the heck? For all those able-bodied borrowers who can afford their student loans, why should they be forgiven? They knew at the time of the origination they need to what they need to be repaid. Grr. Okay? So, <laughs> so I understand that. Yeah. Right? I fully understand the anger that's coming. But this system is completely upside down and screwed up, okay? And it's not, it's not the borrower's or the listener's fault to try to get something that is out there to be got. Exactly. Think of it this way. It's a tax deduction. You take tax deductions that are available, right? Every single one. So it's the same thing. That I qualify thing. for. The, the law provides ways <laughs> I to... I want to clarify that to the IRS. <laughs> the law provides ways when you have federal student loans to reduce the amount that you get to pay back. That's just the way the law works. Some people not only pay back their entire federal student loan balance, they pay back their balance plus interest. Sometimes they pay two or three times what they took out. So it really does kind of balance out because there are so many people out there that have paid back not only their loans, but two or three times their loans. And here's the other thing. It's there to get. Yeah. So if it's there to get, if you see $1,000 laying on the ground on your front porch when you open the door, you're going to be like, hey, I'm not going to spend this. I don't know who dropped this here. But you know what? If somebody's going to eliminate $211,000 of the student loan debt, free up a G-note a month, guess what? You know what? If you don't like it, then call your congressman and your senators and get this screwed up whole thing figured out why we're giving kids 18 years old who don't even know what day it is, okay, $200,000 to go to college. Right. You wouldn't give them a mortgage, right? Yeah, they, they no, but, but, but you're going you're to give them a larger loan than they would take if they went and got a mortgage. I would, lose, crazy. I would lose my license. Yeah. That would be a usury loan, what they're giving out. I wouldn't be able to give them that mortgage because they don't have have shown an ability to repay that mortgage. So they couldn't get a mortgage, but we're giving them $200,000 to go to student. Or more. Or more, yeah. well, which is just wrong altogether. Go, no. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here's a, here's, <laughs> so, here's a battle. That's not exactly true because, so for federal student loans, in undergrad, there's a cap on the amount that you can take out because the Department of Ed agrees with you that kids generally don't have good credit and they don't have any money. So the bulk of the burden for paying for kids undergrad usually falls on the parents. That's why we've got federal parent plus loans. Where you see kids or people coming out of college 
um, with huge student loans is for grad school because there's no cap on the amount that students who are going into grad school can take out in federal student loans because they figure by that time, all right, so you're out of college and you're pursuing grad school or professional degree, there's a much higher likelihood you're going to pay them back. And for the most part, they're right. They do get paid back plus interest. So the government makes money on these. I will then restate my statement (laughs) to load up their parents with all of that debt, mm-hmm. without an ability to repay, knowing if the kid's going to get a job or if the kid's going to stay in the school, okay, or if the kid's going to even make it through the first semester. That's also not correct, Dave. Well, why is it? How is that not correct? <laughs> because I, no, no, the I see, parents... I see credit reports of, of parents mm-hmm. who have hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loans and their kids working at Ulta. Well, but it's not dependent on what the kid's doing. It's what the parent is doing because the parent plus loans are the parent's loans. They're only the parent's responsibility. Even though you took out that loan to pay for your kid's college education, it's only the parent's loan and their responsibility. So the parent plus loans are loosely credit-based. So when those loans were given by the Department of Ed, those parents qualified for those loans. But not on income, on the credit. Right on it's, the credit. It's like going in to buy a car loan, which is a joke, mm-hmm. right? You could go in, and, you know, with an eight hundred credit score and get and get three point nine percent today without showing any income. I'm just saying, yeah, I work at ABC company making a hundred grand a year, and you'll get a car loan, right? These parents are saddled with this debt, which is ridiculous, right? And and the cost. Oh, I got an agreement. All right. Yeah, I bought that, huh? It I took a little while. I got an agreement. She's, she's defeated. No, 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 no. Trust me. No, she's never. No, 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 no. You don't know Ray. She's never defeated. It's just she's she's making a concession. There you go. And I got one. Cu- I'm going to get smacked over the head later. I guarantee you. Just saving it. Phone number, phone number, phone number. 312-294-8989.